Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Internet of Things with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in your company's future with totally new sources of information that will change the way you run your business. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, 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 welcome. If any of you remember the code, the number of welcomes equals the number of guests. Thrilled to be here. If you aren't keeping track, I am. This is season eight of Internet of Things with Game Changers presented by SAP. Started it eight years ago and still going strong and happy to be here. So I'm going to start off with a buzz quote. You know, I always start off with what's the buzz on the street or what's the buzz in the world. I have a quote from Nikola Tesla. He lived from 1856 to 1943. You may not be aware of how much of a visionary he was. In a 1926 interview with something that was called Collier's Magazine, he described what turned out to be our modern-day smartphone and more. Let me read the quote, and I have to credit one of our panelists, our dear friend Tom Raftery, who's here with me today from SAP, with cluing me into the existence of this quote. So, Tom, credit where credit is due. So, here's what Tesla said. When wireless is perfectly applied, the whole earth will be converted into a huge brain, which in fact it is, all things being particles of a real and rhythmic whole. I love that. We shall be able to communicate with one another instantly, irrespective of distances. Not only this, but through television and telephony, or however you pronounce that, and we shall see and hear one another as perfectly as though we were face-to-face, despite intervening distances of thousands of miles and the instruments through which we shall be able to do this will be amazingly simple compared with our present telephone. Now, remember how many years ago this was. He said, a man, and I'm going to add anybody, will be able to carry one in his, her, or their vest pocket. So in celebration of Tesla, let's bring this full circle, this vision, and he was a visionary. The term Internet of Things, in case everybody forgot, was coined by Kevin Ashton when he worked at P&G Procter & Gamble in 1999. He wanted to excite his bosses about what was going on, and he was describing the network connecting objects in the physical world to the Internet. Today, IoT, as we finally call it, has crossed over into mainstream commercial and business use. So in honor of Nikola Tesla and the title of this long-running series, I decided to Google IoT Trends 2021. And guess what happened? 75,700,000 results in 0.49 seconds. Don't even bother to figure out how fast that is. They include connected devices will generate 79 zettabytes of data by 2025. IoT Trends 2021, a focus on fundamentals, not nice to have the IoT in a COVID-19 and post-COVID world and emerging Internet of Things trends. So what would Tesla say if he knew we were talking about data analytics, computing at the edge, remote work, remote healthcare, robotics, smart homes, life in cities, automation, smart retail, cybersecurity, industrial equipment monitoring, and customer experience? Well, I have four panelists are going to help us figure out what Tesla might say if he knew where we were today. Don Deloach at Rocket Wagon Venture Studios is here. Don, thank you so much for joining me. Tom Raftery at SAP. I already credited you with the introduction to the Tesla quote. Rob Tiffany at Ericsson, a newcomer. And Rob, we're thrilled to have you. And you came to us by way of a kind introduction from Don Deloach. And we have Anu Shah at SAP by courtesy of a long thread of emails around SAP looking for somebody who is just thrilled to talk about IoT. And we're going to find out from them. They're going to unpack the headlines on IoT on our compelling IoT special, IoT Trends 2021, ripped from the headlines, a tribute 
to Nikola Tesla. So welcome, everybody. Thank you. I am Bonnie D. Graham. Sorry for the long intro, but there was just so much to say, and I was so excited about this. Let's go around the table. Don Deloach, happy to have you here. I'm going to put you on speaker view. Why don't you take about two and a half minutes, remind Don, there might be 6.2 people in the world who don't remember who you are from your last time on my show. And just in case, shame on them. But I want you to remind them who you are, what you do, and just a little bit about your excitement about IoT. Don, welcome back. Uh, sure. Uh, great to be back, Bonnie. Thank you. Um, I, I'm sort of a, a serial entrepreneur in terms of I've been running small startups, uh, venture-backed for about the last 20 years. Before that, I uh, was with Sybase back in the 90s. Uh, I've been focused primarily on data. So most of the companies I've been associated with are, are, are really data-focused. And in uh, 2010, I started to, to really focus on machine-generated data, which brought me to IoT. And I kind of had this epiphany that this was going to change the world. And I, I started doing IoT as my, my day job and my hobby. Um, when I joke that, that that's probably correlates to when I stopped getting invited to as many cocktail parties because nobody wants to stand around and <laughs> talk IoT, although I did. Um, but at any rate, so I, I uh, uh, sort of stayed on that track and um, did a bunch of things around IoT in terms of boards and advisory boards. And, um, and then in, in the last couple of years, I combined my passion for IoT with my passion for entrepreneurism and started Rocket Wagon Venture Studios. And it's really um, a venture studio model that's focused on getting companies from uh, kind of the MVP stage to commercialization. So if you think of incubators and accelerators getting companies to a successful MVP and ready to launch, uh, the whole idea of what we're doing is really to get them from that stage to repeatable commercialized process, kind of like a series A level company. And we're focused specifically on cyber physical transformation. So I've been able to combine my two passions into what I'm doing now. And it's kind of what I want to keep doing every day for the rest of my life. Thank you. Nice to see that passion. That's what I ask my guests is to show us, tell us what is engaging about this topic to you. And you've certainly expressed that. Thank you, Don. And welcome back. Let's go to Tom Raftery. Tom, I have to announce, is only with us for 30 minutes. So we're going to leapfrog him to the head of the line when we get to the rest of the show. Tom, welcome back. There might be 2.3 people who don't remember you. Shame on them. Tom, reintroduce yourself, please. Bonnie, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, my name is Tom Raftery, and a bit like Don, I have a background as a serial entrepreneur. Uh, and then in 2008, I moved here to Spain, where I'm living now, uh, and I had to drop all those businesses that I was involved with and start a job which would allow me to work remotely. So this whole remote working thing, I've been doing it for 20, well, no, 12 years now. Uh, I had to get a job that would allow me to work remotely because I didn't speak Spanish at the time uh, through English. So I got a job as um, an an uh, industry analyst. So I set up, or I, I joined a company as an industry analyst where I was heading up the arm of the company that uh, dealt with energy and sustainability. And a big portion of that at the time, as the energy space started to move into smart grids, was about IoT. So that's really where my introduction to IoT and my passion for IoT started to build. So I stayed with that company through to 2016 when I was recruited into SAP as at the time an IoT evangelist. And then I broadened out to become what I am now, an innovation evangelist in SAP. Because uh, as, as I say to people, no one approaches us and says, can, we, can I have an IoT, please? Because, you know, IoT by itself is 
useless. You need to have the whole suite of innovation technologies around IoT in order to be able to get the benefit from an IoT project. The whole thing like the, the comms infrastructure, the analytics, you know, the, the, the data lakes, whatever else it is behind it. You need all those things together to make IoT bring value to the business. So that's that's why I'm now that's why I now call myself an innovation evangelist and that's why I have such a passion for the project because it's such a cool set of technologies that can bring so much value to organizations. Thank you very much, Tom. Happy to have you here. Sorry, you have to run away. You have your own show this morning, don't you? I yes. do. At the top of the next hour, I have a, a, a live stream of my own. Well, I'm, I'm proud that you have accepted the invitation to be here. So thank you very much. And let's go to one of our newcomers, Rob Tiffany, coming all the way by a wonderful recommendation from Don Deloach. Rob, I'm going to put you on speaker view, and we'd love to get to know you a little bit. What do you do, and what's your passion for IoT? Rob, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, so Rob Tiffany, I'm the vice president and head of IoT strategy at Ericsson which makes that cellular gear, that 5G stuff that everybody's talking about, which I think is apropos to the Tesla quote here, the whole connecting everybody by wireless. That's what Ericsson does. So we're trying to bring that that vision uh, Tesla and Marconi had to life to cover the planet wirelessly uh, with the help of our mobile operator friends. Uh, Got to spend a lot of time at Microsoft and Hitachi building giant global scale IoT and industrial IoT uh, systems there, which was a lot of fun for me. Um, I really got my start doing this stuff way back in the 90s, uh, literally with a startup connecting vending machines uh, over wireless uh, to the Internet. Gosh, you know, early and mid 90s, actually. Uh, and just to do inventory and, and make things more efficient. And so... Uh, so doing it way back then when I was just a kid, right? Um, so I've been doing this a long time. I think my real passion around IoT, um, bringing in these things to life, um, but also my biggest passion, I'm also the executive director of a foundation called the Moab Foundation, where I'm using IoT and applying it not to commercial stuff, but to sustainability uh, and applying this technology uh, to help our planet, you know, across all those 17 sustainable development goals for the United Nations. And so uh, I think making a difference using IoT that way is, is probably the biggest thing for me. Wonderful. So nice to meet you, Rob. And rumor has it that you were promoting the show on LinkedIn and somebody said you were going to sing if we played background grunge music. Is that true? I am in Seattle. So, you know, there could be some Nirvana or something going on around here. You, never you know. and I need to talk. We, we need to talk about <laughs> Seattle. We'll, we'll talk later off air. Thank you very much. Pleasure to meet you. Thank you. And our fourth panelist, Anu Shah from SAP. Anu, so happy to meet you. And you and I had a phone call the other day, a prep call over the phone, and I appreciated your time. So why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Anu, welcome. Thank you, Bonnie. And, uh, Thank you very much for having me on the show. Um, first time here. I'm looking forward to the discussion with all the panelists. Um, a, a little bit about myself. I'm Anusha and I'm based out of Germany. So the SAP headquarter actually of, uh, in, in Waldorf. Um, and I, my role is that of a solution manager for IoT inside the team that we call digital supply chain. So SAP has a very broad and market-leading portfolio of digital supply chain software. So software that help you to uh, manage your entire supply chain end-to-end. Um, -end. Um, and as, as a part of that, it within that, we have seated different technologies. So you're driving innovation, not just with applications, but with uh, 
technologies such as IoT that are deeply embedded to drive use cases uh, in the context of those applications. Uh, the reason I'm particularly excited about IoT, and I've been in this space, I've been in the digital supply chain space for many years, and I'm new to the IoT space. So I've been in a, spending my time with IoT uh, in about a year or a couple of months since I'm in this role. And uh, the reason this is seated in the supply chain area or why I'm responsible for it as a solution manager, which primarily means I'm responsible for its uh, go-to-market success, its positioning and its strategy at SAP. It means that I, um, my, the, the value that I bring to the company and to our customers is measured by how successful are our customers in applying this technology in the context of their use cases to drive measurable business outcomes such as higher productivity, um, cost efficiencies, etc. So uh, the reason I love IoT and what got me really excited into applying this in the area of supply chain where I've been for some time uh, was because it helps to handle a lot of complexity. I get excited whenever technology can help to resolve very, very complex problems. That's something that I see with the digital supply chain portfolio and what excites me is that when applied, when IoT is applied in the context of very complex, multi-tiered supply chains that are constantly um, exposed with their vulnerabilities in times like COVID, in times like what you saw, the blockade at the Suez Canal, that, that is what gets me very excited and want to return to my job every morning. Thank you very much. Appreciate that, Anu. Pleasure to have you. I'm looking at you, and I can't believe you said for many years. I, I think you just got out of college a couple of months ago. So No. I'm, I'm, well, yes. But I'm flattered. Go- you can go ahead with that. We're, we're going to go with that. I recently found out that I am considered an early woman in tech. And as a matter of fact, I, I'm, I'm proud to say that the organization called Women in Big Data invited me to be their kickoff speaker on International Women's Day. And I did a, a set of, of images of the old key punch machines, of, of Hollerith cards, 80 column cards and decks. I was coding in COBOL on a Xerox Sigma 6 CP5, where you had to get on a step stool to put the disk pack into the drive. It was this big and where a computer room was the size of a warehouse and they had magnetic lifters like what a carpet layer uses to lift the tiles up off the floor to get to the cables underneath the floor. There were bells and whistles in those days and I didn't know that anybody cared and these young women from around the world were saying, we've never seen this. What did you do? I said, we didn't have terminals where we could enter code and I showed them of reams of green bar paper I still have in my COBOL book. I coded for years and PL1 and an IBM 4341 later on. I was very honored. So yes, you'll just go with the fresh out of college on it. We'll just stay, stay with that for you. I can't claim that anymore. Thank you very much. Let's go to the quote part of the show. If you're new to us as a listener around the world, we're happy you're here. We are live right now on the Voice America Business Channel. And I am here with Don Deloach, Rob Tiffany, Tom Raftery, and Anusha. We're talking about what did Tesla imagine and what is Internet of Things look like today and what's it going to do in 21 at 2021 and beyond so this is a part of the show where i've asked my guests to send me a quote from a movie a song a tv show something interesting that has absolutely nothing to do with the topic and because tom has to leave us in 13 minutes we're going to do your quote first tom don i'm i'm leapfrogging him ahead so tom sent a quote from master ugwe voiced by randall duck kim in the 2008 american computer animated Wuxia action comedy film. That's a big description. Kung Fu Panda. And here is the quote. And by the way, part of the quote comes from something that Eleanor Roosevelt said. I had to tell you that, Tom. That's the deal. So here's so a mixed quote. 
You are too concerned with what was and what will be. There is a saying, and here's what Eleanor Roosevelt said, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. That's why it is called the present. Tom, take about two minutes and tell us what that has to do with our topic, please. You know, Bonnie doesn't have a whole lot to do with the topic. I'm, <laughs> I'm completely honest with you. It's just a quote I loved. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. It's just a quote I loved. It's, uh, I, I'm, I'm someone who, despite being a, despite having the word futurist in their title, I, you know, and, and I do very much a part of my job is looking at what's happened in the past, looking at what's happening now, and then drawing trend lines forward and saying, okay, well, if that's, that's what happened then, this is what's happening now. That's what's going to happen next, you know, the, because I'm reaching kind of the logical conclusion of these trends. Uh, but despite all that, I'm very much grounded in the now. I'm very much a person who's in the present mm-hmm. uh, because why wouldn't I be? Because as the quote says, it's very much, you know, yesterday is gone. Uh, the future isn't here yet. Be, be in live in the now and that's kind of a philosophy I have I very much live in the now so not as much IOT as, as you might have hoped but uh, more a kind of personal philosophy but Tom we can relate that to IOT because the now is something that was envisioned by so many people years ago right and we are in this now and IOT is our now and our future look at what we're doing here look at the connectivity look at fit we're all physical people we're made up of matter and we're talking to each other on something that is connecting us from around the world we're seeing each other we're hearing each other we're broadcasting on a radio station I don't see a transmitter anywhere do you <laughs> I did terrestrial radio for years so the now is is IOT is the now and the future. So, Tom, I had to do that for you, but you'll, you, you know me well enough to forgive <laughs> me for that. Don Deloche has sent us a quote from The Contender, a 2000 American political drama film, and in it, a vice presidential nominee, Ohio Senator Lane L.A.I.N.E. Billings Hansen, played by the actress Joan Allen, says the following, principles, that's P-R-I-N-C-I-P-L-E-S, only mean something if you stick by them when they are inconvenient. Ooh, that's an interesting quote. Don, help me out here. What does this have to do with our topic? Go ahead. Um, uh, Not unlike Tom, it has (laughs) little to do with our topic, at least at first glance. Uh, I always love that quote. It's like one of those things where when I heard it watching the movie for the first time, I thought that just makes so much sense. Um, And so I've always, I've always felt like it was a very, very cool quote. Um, I guess the only way I would relate it, and I mean this, it just sounds a little too, um, now it sounds like I'm running for office or whatever, but um, from an IoT standpoint or from a cyber physical transformation standpoint, um, the, the, um, the data that we will more and more be able to access and will allow us to understand things that become equalizers for people. Um, and, and so the, the, um, the things that, people or companies can do that can be manipulated and, and not to say that you can't manipulate with data for sure, but as we get more sophisticated and as we get more data, we should, the truth of, of, of our world should become more and more apparent. And I think that that um, is a really good progression. And I think that's part of what she was saying when she made that quote, again, it's a loose tie. And like I said, when I came up with the quote, I wasn't thinking about IOT at all, but there you go. 
you're, you're killing me. <laughs> this is well. We're getting to hear your favorite quotes. This is words to live by. By way of Internet of Things with Game Changers. Thank you, Rob Tiffany. Let's see what you're going to do with your quote. Rob has picked a song. I don't know if he wants to sing it, but it's from Already Gone from the song by the Eagles in their 1974 album On the Border. This song was first released and peaked at number 32. It was the first single from the album, and we, we peaked at number 32 on the Billboard Hot 100. Woohoo! And here is the quote. Can I read the whole stanza from the song, Rob? Is that right, okay with uh, you? So let it's, me sing it to us. I got to go in the other room, get my drums. I sing better when I'm playing. It's very hard to drum and sing at the same time. Don well, Henley I, does that. Oh, does he really? I've, he, I, he sings and drums at the same time. I've yeah. seen drummers do that with a special yeah, boom no. mic. They have to have a boom mic right in front of them so they're not moving anywhere. Yes, it's, it's interesting. I've tried. It's distracting, but I can. But I'm not doing it today, Rob, even though I like you very much. <laughs> well, I know it wasn't you who held me down. Heaven knows it wasn't you who set me free. Here comes the line. So oftentimes... Sometimes it happens that we live our lives in chains and we never even know we have the key. Wow, the Eagles. Rob, what does this have to do with our topic? You're going to rescue me here? <laughs> I'm totally not going to rescue you. <clears throat> Can I just like the Eagles? I'm sure that line had to do with probably breaking up with a girlfriend or something, I'm sure. Um, but to, I'll, <clears throat> we're going to find a way. We're going to tie it in here. Um, you know, the living your life in chains, you know, in my time in IoT, whether I was a young lad or going through working at different companies, there, I always worked with all these really, really smart people. And they told me, this is the way you do it. And this is the way IoT is. It's super complicated. It uses these really obscure technologies. And this is the only way to do it. <clears throat> and I noticed over time that being the smartest person in the room and using the best technologies often tended to alienate most of the planet in their adoption of IoT. And so I think for me, that quote in IoT is to break all the rules. And it, for me, being in this space for so long, it, I've gotten to this point where it's like, it's more important to have the whole megatrend succeed than to use the best technologies or the best this or the most fringe whatever. It's better to use stuff that everybody understands uh, so that we lift all boats and so the whole thing can win. So let's let's definitely break those chains so we have the key folks <laughs> thank you 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 did it well very interesting rob thank you very much and and i don't know anybody who doesn't love the eagle so thank you for that good memory from that song anu has picked a quote from a movie Claire Foy played Queen Elizabeth II, speaking to Sir Anthony Eden, played by the actor Jeremy Northrin, The Crown, historical drama, streaming TV series from 2016. Here is the quote. I'm sure this has to do with the topic, Anu. I'm just, I'm counting on you. I really am. History was not made by those who did nothing. I watched the clip. It's an interesting scene. Anu, what you got here? Talk to me. Yeah. I, well, I, I was I was thinking about what quote uh, would be a good quote to go with IoT. And uh, thinking about IoT, I was thinking about okay, disruptive technologies. And when I when I heard this quote, and this was obviously disconnected from uh, I, I binge watched Crown a couple of months ago uh, on Netflix. And when I was watching that, this quote immediately struck to me because it made me realize how real it is in the context of many businesses. Um, we will for sure all get out of this pandemic. And again, sorry, this is top of mind for me right now because uh, mm -hmm. we're going through this every day. Uh, but when I think about this, I know the pandemic will end someday. Um, the recession will also end someday, hopefully um, soon for all countries. 
um, but the uh, and and I'm thinking about what happens when the companies or when businesses start to survive again or when they start to recover again, um, get their business growth, get their production back to normal levels. But when I think about that, I also realize that there will be a distinction to be made between companies that thrive successfully in the future and are able to, uh, with much higher robustness, deal with similar situations, similar crises versus those that cannot. So for me, uh, the consequence of doing nothing is extremely big. And if you want to stay, if you want to be relevant in future, you have to act now so that you do not return back to the normal that we've seen pre-pandemic. But we have to return to a new kind of normal. And that was, uh, that was top of mind for me when I was thinking about this quote. And related to that, and I was reading the, the, the news uh, yesterday and I scrolling through that, there was a very nice article in German newspaper which talked about how the global rate trade is at a volume today where about um, we're, we're short of, let's say, 10% of the trade containers, you know, that uh, you use in logistics that takes things around the globe. Mm-hmm. So global supply chains, they rely on that. Global trade relies on that. So our economies are reliant on that. And we're short of 10% of that. Now, one way to do this, it would be to increase that and try to, uh, based on that, try to meet the demand for the trade uh, without creating backlog. But at the same time, demand and population and reverse logistics and lots of these things will continue to increase. Um, so the better way to do it is to use technology such as IoT to maximize the use of the existing resources. And to me, that's it's very important to think about why IoT. And to, so every time I'm thinking about these quotes, I'm thinking about how can this be applied to solve real problems. Thank you very much. And I appreciate the quote, love the quote. And, and it's quite an interesting scene about whether the queen is being going to be ceremonial or she's going to be allowed to do anything. I, I appreciate it. I have not watched The Crown, but I think it made me want to. We're going to hurry up and move to the, we, normally it's discussion statements today, it's headlines. Tom Raftery has to leave in 3.2 minutes here. We want to honor his time. So Tom has sent us the following headline. We'll let you unpack it until you have to go about three minutes, Tom. So the headline is VW announces OTA updates for ID.3 and ID.4, promises new releases every three months. Tom Raftery, you're up on speaker view. What does this have to do with our IoT trend topic? Talk to me, Tom. Sure. So part of the task was to come up with recent headlines around IoT. So this one, while it's quite specific, speaks to a broader trend. What the topics, what the headline is talking about is VW, that's Volkswagen, obviously. Uh, Volkswagen have brought out a new set of fully electric cars, the ID3 and the ID4, and they're bringing out more in the coming years, but the ID3 and the ID4 are now on the market. And these cars uh, have got or will be getting OTA, that's over the air updates. So over the air updates are the same updates that you get on your phone. Mm-hmm. And Volkswagen are saying that they'll be putting out updates to these cars every three months. If for anyone who has a Tesla, this is old news. Tesla have been doing this you know, forever, but Tesla are the only car company that have been doing this up until now, up until Volkswagen have announced this for their cars. There, there are other car manufacturers who do uh, updates, but they're, they're very rarely over the air and they're generally for things like the infotainment system. But it, it speaks to a broader topic where cars are increasingly becoming connected. Uh, about 80% of new cars ship now with a SIM card in them. So basically the cars are things on mm-hmm. the internet. They are connected by a SIM card. And it's, it, it's enabling all kinds of, of uh, 
of different uh, business models. For example, it's impacting the insurance industry because now you can have insurance, you know, pay as you drive and pay how you drive. So pay per kilometer or mile driven and pay how you drive that, those kilometers. You know, do you accelerate very fast? Do you brake very fast? Do you corner very hard? Then your insurance starts to go up or vice versa, come down if you're a careful driver. Those kind of things are enabled by this. Uh, similarly, uh, I was talking to a guy in Continental uh, and he told me that they embarked on a predictive maintenance project for uh, service center managers and for fleet managers. And while they were embarking on this project, they were approached by a weather company and the weather company said to them, listen, you're collecting all this data from cars, right? It's time of day, it's GPS, it's windscreen wiper status, fog light status, et cetera, et cetera. Suddenly, they realized that that information would be hugely valuable to them as a weather company. And so suddenly, Continental, having embarked on a predictive maintenance project, had this secondary source of, of revenue uh, available to them from this weather company because the cars were little mini weather stations broadcasting real-time weather information. So, you know, for people who are embarking on data projects around IoT, you know, these kind of things, you should always be aware that these kind of things exist. There are secondary sources of information potentially available to you uh, from the data that you're collecting from vehicles. And these vehicles, you know, are increasingly broadcasting data around all kinds of things. So it's, it's a hugely huge, and you know, Automotive is just one industry. I mean, you asked for three headlines. I sent in three headlines. You picked this one. I have to jump. No, I'm really sorry. I, don't, I won't get to discuss the other two, but the other, your other three guests will. But this is just one industry, and this is only one very narrow slice of how IoT is affecting this one single industry. It's huge. It's impacting so many things. It's having, having such a positive impact. It's incredible. Thank you, Tom. And I'm glad you started out with automotive because we're all still wondering, will we be a passenger? Will we be cargo? Will everybody, will anybody, you know me, I'm going to still have keys to my sports car. I'm going to be driving. It's still, so what if I only drive it once a week? I, I joke at the end of the show, you'll hear, I have a funny thing I say about getting mileage people during are, the people pandemic. People riding horses, Bonnie. <laughs> Henry Ford, yes, we know. Rob, did you want to say something? Go ahead. No, no. I'm, okay. I was just agreeing. People are riding horses. I'm seeing out there. They're in a traffic jam right outside right now. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Well, Seattle and the horses. There we go. Tom, thank you so much. And while you were speaking, I was thinking of the quote Anu picked from the crown. History was not made by those who did nothing. And what you're saying is people are seeing opportunity. They're seizing on opportunity. They're making things happen. They're making the yeah. new history. They're making our future because they have an idea. What? A car is a mini weather station? There's data in them are wheels oh my goodness so thank you very much everybody wave goodbye to tom raftery the show is going to continue bye tom Tom. thank you so much have Have a a good show yourself talk to you soon okay that was fun now let's go to i'm scrolling up here Uh, don delosh is going to be next and don has sent the following headline actually it's one i picked and don selected it so the headline is iot trends 2021 a focus on fundamentals not nice to haves don pick one or two from that article i know there was a lot and then i will move on to a headline for rob and then one for anu and to anu and rob if you have anything you want to say about what don says just wave your hand i will see you okay that's the beauty of video Don, you're up. Talk to us. What's your headline? Yeah, well, yeah. before that, I just want to comment on one of the things Tom said. I think that there are sensors out now 
that can be mounted on the horse. So if they start to move out of their lane, it'll vibrate to keep them back in. So that's I, good. I like that. Yeah, it's that good to be consistent with you exactly. You don't crash into exactly. the horse next to you. Yeah, good. Bada boom. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, so uh, the, the article had a bunch of different things in it. Mm-hmm. I'll just uh, hit on one or two. Um, one of the things that I, th- I found interesting was it was talking about 5G and but a bunch of different other uh, communication choices, and that there was there's still a lot up in the air. But the comment the comment that was made was, um, you know, people are starting to realize that they need to have uh, the right communication choice for the right solution. So, so it's solution dependent. And my, my margin notes were, A, this is a complete statement of the obvious and should have always been that way, but it actually wasn't always that way. So it's a good statement nonetheless, because people are beginning to realize, hey, not just communications, but, but your chip choices, your power source choices, your, your security choices all play into the holistic interdependencies in an, in an IoT system, but communications in particular are becoming a really, really key element of that as we, as we see things like the bifurcation between things like 5G and, and LoRa. Um, and again, horses for courses, not to go back to the horse theme. Uh, and then the other thing I, I thought from this article that was really interesting was the commentary around increased use of, of location data and more and more precise location data. And I think that that is a really um, interesting and important consideration, but it needs to be a thoughtful consideration because one of the other articles that I gave you, and I don't know if we'll talk about it or not, was was about the whole idea of declining trust. Mm-hmm. If we're going to move forward as a society and embrace cyber physical transformation, people have to actually trust the systems. Mm-hmm. And there are a number of competing factors, some obvious, some less obvious, that will weigh into that. But when we're dealing with, using consumer data in, in, in terms of things like very, very specific location data and correlated behaviors, there are huge privacy issues that need to be mm-hmm. embraced in order for people to want to use the technology and thoughtfully use the technology. So I, those were a couple of things. There, were, there was a bunch more in the article, but those are two of the things that popped out to me. Thank you very much, Don. Let's go to Rob. Rob, I'm looking at your headline number two, a little bit different. Top three IoT trends in 2021. And the article was from P-A-R-E-T-E-U-M-Peridium.com. Why don't you unpack a couple of those for us and then we'll go to one from Anu. We'll just keep going around the table. Rob, go ahead. Yeah, it sounds good. Luckily, I've forgotten everything that's in that article already. So I'll just make <laughs> stuff up about healthcare and remote work and all that kind of stuff, right? Thank you. Um, you know, so much of this is also, you know, people like to splice what's IoT and what's just kind of digital and connectivity, right? You know, I remember lots of analysts early on were saying, you can't you can't call all of these things IoT. You can't call, you know, when you're like what we're doing right now, IoT, you know, I know we're using connectivity and we're delivering digital experiences over connectivity to make remote things seem local, right? which I think is probably a big overriding trend during this time of COVID for us. Um, and so I, I think this remoteness is something to really drill into, whether it's whether it's healthcare or remote work, because I think that's what we're all doing. Um, you know, what's interesting is that a lot of these things have been around for a while. They just haven't, they got amplified and accelerated in a big way in this last year or so. Um, we've been talking about telemedicine forever and, and people have done it here and there. Um, you know, it's, 
obviously when you're put under stress, that's when things really change. And that's when you turn the volume up to 11 on a lot of stuff, right? Um, you know, even also when you think about entrepreneurs and you think of startups and you think of innovation, some of the biggest innovations come out of the times of greatest stress, like recessions or things like mm -hmm. this. I think we'll all end up seeing all these new companies and organizations launched that are game changing that are coming from this time. Um, <clears throat> so remote work, you know, we've been, we've been working like this on Zoom, on Teams, on WebEx, on everything like that uh, to get together. My wife's a school teacher. She's been teaching kids like this for the last year, right? Um, that this is such a big mega trend. And the the key thing is is it gonna is it gonna taper off a little bit? Is it a new normal? Is it gonna be some hybrid in between? Um, we'll all see. But uh, I think um, you know there were a lot of companies that were reluctant to let people work from home as much. And even though they all use these kind of tools like we're using now, you know, they, it was kind of half-hearted, you know, we'll do it when we have to, but um, I think some of these things are getting solidified. And so uh, I think we're going to be doing a lot more of this stuff and telemedicine makes a lot of sense with remote healthcare um, organization. I work with, you know, doing IOT so much about IOT is that whole remote deal. We built a factory during COVID and we had to train people in this new factory that's in Texas with people from Estonia. And you know how they did it? We did it like we're doing this, except we did it, you know, with those goggles, those augmented reality goggles. I know it sounds like one of those use cases that we talk about, but no one ever does. We actually had to do it. We actually had to train people remotely. And so you had people with goggles in Estonia and people with goggles in Texas remotely bringing a new smart factory online uh, and it worked. And so it was, it's exciting to see what happens when you turn up the stress, when you apply constraints of any kind, that's when true innovation really explodes, I think. So it's an interesting time. Very, very interesting comment about turning that dial up to 11, as you say, turning up the stress. The uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Maybe yes. it's the mother of forward motion, the mother, the father, the, the, the entire, entire family of let's move forward, let's get something done. Right, Rob? You're absolutely right. You know, when things are comfortable and abundant, people might kind of chill out a little bit. Complacency. Yeah, absolutely. And we all know that wonderful phrase if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Uh -huh. And we also know the car, the other side, the flip side is the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? So maybe we need to create that squeaky wheel in, in our world. And we didn't expect the last year to be that squeaky wheel for everybody everywhere, but here we are. I don't know why I'm talking with my hands so much today. I don't just like doing <laughs> Let's just have some more cliches. We got the shot in the arm we needed, right? There you go. <laughs> I'm going to move to Anu. you got to rescue me, Anu. Uh, Anu is going to talk about her headline number two she picked. It's a look at the top IoT market trends for 2021. This was written by Sergey Bondarev in January of this year, 2021. Anu, pick a couple topics from that one, and what would you like to tell us about them? Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to connect my answer a little bit to what uh, Rob just said, and I love the example that you just gave with the training you, uh, for our, the colleagues from Estonia, so I love that one. Uh, I just want to comment a little bit about, there There was a similarity between the article that I think Rob was referring to um, and uh, Don also uh, talked about and the article that you were just mentioning, uh, Bonnie. Uh, and the common, the common aspect is they both talked about the trend of medical IoT. So the use of IoT 
to do telemedicine, to uh, talk to your doctor remotely, to do di- to use diagnosed data from at home and feed that to your healthcare practitioner remotely. Now, about six years ago, I spent quite a lot of time in the healthcare software space, uh, again at SAP. And one of the things we were really trying to drive and whenever we spoke to many companies, one of the common driving factors and the efficiency that was recognized out of doing that um, was value-based care. So optimizing the insurance premiums uh, and I thought that was a very exciting opportunity because particularly in our mature economies, we have an increasing and aging population. Um, it's better late than never, but if we see this kind of adoption of these remote uh, monitoring technologies by healthcare practitioners who are not so, um, let's say, conservative about using that anymore and uh, by patients, then this is a very, very positive trend to drive financial economies in the insurance system and driving the right incentives to have a healthy lifestyle. Um, What surprised me, though, that both articles missed to mention one fundamental thing that I've been thinking about when I think of IoTs used in the healthcare space, which is quite literally, it's saving the planet right now with vaccines being transported at the right temperature Mm -hmm. uh, throughout the supply chain, whether it's minus 70 degrees Celsius for a certain time period for a particular vaccine maker or another one which needs maybe five degrees Celsius. But quite literally, without the use of IoT right now, we would have a major problem in our vaccine rollout. So uh, that is something where I was surprised that the articles did not pick up so much on that. Uh, And that's something that I I just want to bring here because I think that's uh, pretty phenomenal. It is phenomenal, and, and you bring up so many interesting points there, Anu, if you think about it, different vaccines, different doses, different spacing apart, different temperatures, different storage mechanisms, different delivery mechanisms, and it all needs to be kept track of. I know I ended a sentence with a preposition, but somebody needs to keep track. What are we shipping? What are we storing? Where is it going? Uh, it, it's it's, almost, it's a, almost a blockchain thing. Where did it start, and how does it need to get there, and who touched it along the way, and how clean is it, and how does it get used, and is it going? going to the right places in the right way. Is it clean? Is it safe? All of that. Thank you. Very, very interesting. Yeah. Remote healthcare took on a whole new meaning, right? Starting in 2020. Uh, We're now, today is April 6th, 2021. About a year and a month ago, the world shut down. At least it did here in the United States. And everything remote took on brand new meeting. Our lives became remote. But here we are still connected. Thank you very much. Don Deloche, I'm going to your headline number three. You wanted to talk about trust. Let's do a slightly deeper dive in this. It's big. one big thing, trust in tech craters. And this is a headline from Axios. So talk to me. What do you think? Right. I thought that was an amazing piece that they did. I'm actually a big Axios fan. But um, what they talked about is they measured, they've been doing this for a while, where they measure people's trust in technology. And what you've seen now is on a global level that has been on a nosedive. Um, and so it's the, lo- it's the lowest point ever in the U.S. is, is among the worst of where the, the dive has, has taken place. And... What this is having the net effect of doing is undermining our ability to mobilize people in ways that could otherwise be really, really good for businesses, for cities, for society at large. Um, I think about uh, like some of the things that Rob mentioned with the Moab work that he's doing. And if you think about technology in the context of the progression of society, there are so many 
IoT cyber physical solutions that can help us address big issues with society, whether it's sustainability and climate change or, or um, inequality in, in uh, lending and all just all kinds of facets of, of, the, of the world we're in. But if we, if we don't do this thoughtfully, we run the risk of having this massive progression of technology undermined. And, and that's a very real issue. It, it's, a, it's a cybersecurity issue. It's a privacy issue. It's a hyper-concentration of data issue. But all of this is brought to light in the Edelman Trust Barometer that was featured in the Axios uh, One Big Thing, talking about the decline in people's trust in technology. And I think that that's a very serious thing we have to look at. It's very serious in thinking about how much we rely on it now. Think about it, Don. It, it, the decline in trust, but here we are. Without it, we, we couldn't do these shows. We couldn't have had kids being educated. Right, Rob? Your, your wife is a teacher. We wouldn't have had the opportunities for any kind of remote health monitoring. Uh, but let's move into another. Don, you dropped a key, a buzzword in there, cybersecurity, and that just happens to be what Rob wants to talk about in his headline. And the headline is Five Emerging Internet of Things Trends for 2021. And this happens to be a Forbes article. So, Rob, why don't you take us through cybersecurity? And if you want to touch a little bit on smart home, I'd love to hear that, too, if you can. Go ahead. Yes. <clears throat> My home did get a little smarter in the last year. <laughs> so, you know, I, I got a newer version of the Nest thermostat. So, and <laughs> I have a doorbell where I can see someone dropping off a package from yep. Amazon, yep. thanks to the supply chain and logistics that all happened there. Yep. Thank you for that. Uh, and maybe the cold chain in case someone wants to deliver some medicine to me directly. So cybersecurity, you know, uh, you know kind of like when I talked about that silly little um, quote from the Eagle song about disrupting kind of things, you know, how I, I um, you know, you know, after Al Gore and I invented the internet of things back in the early nineties, after we brought the internet out of ARPANET and made it public to the rest of the world, you know, you thought adoption was just going to be great, but we've had a, a big lack of adoption because things, there's a lot of headwinds in IOT. There's, a, there's expense, there's technology that people don't understand and there's just cybersecurity problems. Um, I don't think, people realize the Pandora's box they opened when we kind of went all in with IoT. We basically created the largest attack surface in the history of computing with IoT because now we have all these little tiny devices, microcontrollers, they're networked, they're connected to the internet and they're all saying, come get me. <laughs> and um, it, it wasn't the intent, but that's what's happening. And, and it's it sucks that there's always got to be this counterbalance this dark side to the positive things you're trying to do. And so when you bring all this compute and connect it to the internet, people didn't always know what they were doing, right? Um, a few years ago, we got hit by something called the Mirai botnet, which is basically all these IoT devices got taken over and started taking down huge portions of the internet. Um, and you couldn't get to lots of websites anymore. I think some small country in Africa was taken offline, like literally the whole country. Um, and this is a bad thing and things like this have progressed. Uh, this has led to try to, you know, different countries, states within countries trying to have legislation around some kind of minimum level of security. Um, I've been involved in building these big systems and time and again, you know, the device has been this weak link in the chain oftentimes mm -hmm. over and over again. 
whether it's having devices with some using the exact same username and password for all of the devices by a manufacturer putting them out there, which makes it easy for these cyber attacks to happen. These uh, botnets or worms, they'll just, they have a list of default usernames and passwords for all these devices. And so they just keep pinging, right? And trying them out. And then when they get in there, then they insert themselves in the device. And now that device is taken over and they go after the next one. <clears throat> and pretty soon it spreads like wildfire. And so um, cybersecurity is one of those big headwinds that's gonna hold us back from all this great value that we're trying to bring to society with IoT. And so uh, I used to not be as focused on it as I, but I, it's a bigger thing for me these days. And so I am spending a lot of time working on it. Um, I think there's a, a nice easy checklist of like 20 or so things that you can do just to get started when you're kind of deploying an IoT solution. Mm -hmm. A lot of basic things, you know, hey, change that username and password on the device. Make sure your devices are updatable. You know, um, Tom was talking about these Volkswagens updating themselves, right, over the air. Well, that, and he was, it's just like what we do on our smartphones. It's like what we got back in the 90s when Microsoft came up with Windows Update. Uh, it's, it's hard to, a device is only secure at a moment in time. And then when mm -hmm. you move forward, it's possible it's no longer secure, right? Whatever they did in this moment of time is not good enough. And so you can make the case that the only way to ensure security of devices is they have to be remotely updatable. Kind of like what Tom was talking about with Volkswagens updating themselves. Uh, I know this is a tall order to do that because I know some of these little tiny microcontrollers and some of these networks that people are using make it really hard to update devices because of bandwidth constraints or compute constraints, but it's absolutely a thing. Uh, and it's stuff, you know, and so you could imagine if you had a new constitution for how we do IOT devices, you know, it, it might disqualify a lot of devices or a lot of networks it, uh, for better or worse that says, if you can't update this thing to make sure it's secure, getting security patches, then you shouldn't deploy it, you know? Um, and so I think we, I think we got to get a lot stricter about that and be a lot harder on folks about that. Very interesting. Are we introducing the topic of governance here, Rob? Sounds that, like it. I hope, you didn't get, it? I hope you didn't get triggered by that governance comment there. Yeah, I think so. Yep. Thank, thank you. No, it, that's, that's important because we, we extol the value of the new technology, which isn't so new anymore, right? We extol, look at all it's doing for us. And then the question is, is it doing good? Is it doing what we need it to do? Do we need to control it? Do we need to rein it in? Uh, any industry, there, there's, there's a black market for this, and there's a uh, we used to call about talk about rogue IT teams. Remember, yeah. people going off and doing things. So maybe old and look, look at uh, devices like Macs and Lap tops and notebooks yep. that you can't update the system software anymore and people are still using them and are they doing anyway where that's no, a whole, you're right that's Just like, a whole, an, like a news talking about how iot is helping save the world right now with cold chain logistics and supply chains for the vaccine but what if some of those sensors got hacked and start sending us erroneous data right there you, and, there you and go it causes bizarre reactions you know what do we that do goes that? to don's topic of trust 
right? Yeah. It's not a question of do I trust you? It's can we trust the device to do its job that we counted on it to do for us? We have time for, we've only got four minutes left to the end of the show, but I want to squeak in one more little topic here. Anu, why don't you just talk a little bit about, you have an article here from McKinsey, Industrial IoT in Challenging Times. I know it talks about trade disputes, a little bit about the aftermath of Brexit, which certainly dominated the news before pandemic took over, automotive challenges, slowing demand in China. But why don't you, without getting political, just spend about two minutes on this, and then we're going to do a quick final crystal ball predictions round for everybody. So, Veet Veet, go ahead, Anu, you're up. Yeah. Well, I uh, I thought about this article, and I um, proposed uh, this to you. I shared this with you because I was thinking, I mean, the article mentions that there has been Brexit, there has been uh, pe- the pandemic, and if we had not, if we had already everywhere around the globe gotten out of this before Zuitz happened, the Zuitz Canal blockage would have been the next disruptive thing that everybody would have talked about. So, and there will be many more. So, uh, that's the only constant that we have to work mm-hmm. with. So, what we can do is try to think about how do we make the supply chains that we ha- already have much more resilient. Um, and what I, I, I really liked uh, the way McKinsey applied that example, the, the, the context of IoT, to it, this time around in a much more industrial context. So the article focuses on industrial IoT. And uh, one of the really beautiful examples that stuck in my head, and Rob, you might find this particularly interesting, was they talked about how a company, a manufacturing company, started to measure uh, on each of their production lines how much plastic film is being thrown away. And when they started measuring production operators on that KPI, the the plastic film usage declined by 20%. Mm. Now, this is, talk about sustainability, this is absolutely what we need. Um, Talk about production efficiencies, productivity, that's also what we need. And uh, cost savings as well. So that's the reason this really stuck to me. And I thought about IoT has a lot of power to bring about good changes um, in in the industrial context. So that's why I shared that with you. Thank you. That was that was perfect. And I'm glad you brought up sustainability. We've covered a lot of interesting topics. And the whole idea of, of ripped from the headlines, my idea was to talk about what does IoT touch? What does it do for us? Where is it going? It wasn't to, to focus on one particular thing, but just to cover a whole panoply. I think that's a word, <laughs> a potpourri. I like that one better because it's just so sweet uh, of, of topics. So I thank the three of you very much. And Tom Rafter, you had to leave us. We've got to about a minute and a half left. So can I get a one sentence prediction from each of you? This is, we'll call this the crystal ball. Just one sentence. You're allowed one comma, one semicolon and one long dash. That's it. And then it has to come to a period. I, Rob, I have people who spend five minutes on one sentence because they keep adding semicolons and commas and all that. So one sentence, one comma, one semicolon. Uh, Anu, I'm going to start with you because you were the third one. Anu, one sentence on prediction on IoT. What are you predicting? Go real fast. I'm going to take the liberty to maybe not frame it in a sentence, Bonnie, just really briefly, um, because I was right on my uh, quotes homework. So uh, let me say here about my prediction. Uh, when I look at the last two decades, I see uh, companies that have disrupted the, their industries. Think of the Amazons, the Spotify's, the Netflix of the world. They have done so by creating amazing digital experiences for customers. I think the next decade will be about creating amazing supply chains, much more automated supply chains. And I think that is what companies and countries will invest in, uh, in order to be differentiated, in order to be competitive. Thank you, Anna. We are out of time. Don, one topic, quick. Where is IoT going? Every board of directors of, of any public company will be expected to have a cyber risk policy that they're enforcing. 
Thank you. Rob Tiffany, one, one sentence. IoT, simple, secure, sustainable in 2021. Love it. Thank you very much. And I'm sure Tom Raftery would have agreed with all of you. A shout out to everybody. Say thank you to Dana Corder and Ira Burke, who sponsored this series. Thank you very much to them. Aaron Keller, our engineer extraordinary, calls himself my sidekick, and he's worked really hard for that honor. So thank you, Aaron, for being our engineer today. Don Deloach, thank you so much. And thank you for introducing us to Rob Tiffany. Rob is a real star. And Rob, thank you so much for your time. Anu, I'm glad that the email thread at SAP wound up on your screen somewhere. I'm very, very pleased that you joined us. You're very articulate, wonderful topics. Appreciate it. Tom Raftery is just about to start his podcast. We wish him well. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. I don't know if you got sensors in it, but maybe you do. What are you waiting for? My car has been getting two months to the gallon. How's yours doing? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Don Deloach, just like Rob Tiffany, just like Tom Raftery, and just like Anusha. Everybody wave goodbye. Have a good one. Be safe, be smart, be savvy, and we'll see you again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Internet of Things with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. 